What's up, NBA fans? We are a quarter way through the NBA season, and we have some surprises, disappointments, and of course, some teams, players, slash that were no surprises there and how they're performing so far. And some of the ones that are no surprises is the Milwaukee Bucks holding on to a top spot, the Cleveland Cavaliers after making their free agent moves and trades uh, during the offseason. They're still sitting at the top and Surprisingly, the Utah Jazz are still there and in the tanking, in the race for the tank for the, the new version of the Greek Freak, we got our usual suspects and we got some contenders that we feel might as well join the race and, uh, and stop pretending that they may not, that they don't belong there. We also got hot teams and sinking teams. Big deal or forgetful. We're at a point in the season where things are starting to really round out and anybody that was bluffing is definitely sinking their way down and is landing exactly where we thought they would but before we kick things off sean you got a trivia question here and it seems like a good one to to, to bring up at this point yeah and I'm, I'm excited to see where you go with this answer so trivia question being so we're now a quarter away through the season most teams have played about 20 to 22 games who does basketball reference have as their favorite to win the mvp their favorite to win the mvp so I don't know if they're going to do all the subjective of putting performance versus team performance. <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, tell I, you what their algorithm is. I have no yeah, idea. I, haven't really, <laughs> I knew they were doing, they recently started doing this, but I haven't deep dived into like what exactly they're come, how they're doing the score and stuff. So to me, the name that, that stands out is, is Luca. Like Luca has just been on a tear since the start of the year, even though the Dallas Mavericks, aren't at the top they're currently 10 and 11 which from games back they're they're not yeah they're they're not that far from top eight but they're kind of there's there's a separation forming between top three and them and i think some of the usual candidates have missed some games Jokic and bead uh zion's also been on a tear but he's missed some games so i'm gonna go with luca on on that one it's a good guess and i mean we talked about luca a few weeks on the podcast with his crazy usage rate the answer is actually Jason Tatum. I should have actually that's not surprising either. Which yeah, I mean, yeah, if you yep. consider team record, it's and he's been playing out of his mind too and he mm-hmm. hasn't missed a single game all year. But yeah, basketball reference has Jason Tatum at a 27.5% chance to win the MVP. And Luka's not even second. Nikola Jokic <laughs> has slid his way back into the MVP race and now he is in second place just behind Tatum actually at 26.2% and then Luca is third. Yeah. Okay. We got to talk about Jason Tatum because I feel like maybe it's the Laker bias, Southern California bias and <laughs> both of us, but we rarely bring up the Celtics. Rarely, yeah, it's true. And they're, they're number one in the East and Jason Tatum has made a huge leap. He's averaging 31 points a game right now versus the 26. He averaged last year, 48% from the field. Uh, 36 from the three-point line and 87% from from free throws. So he is he's pretty pretty much rounding errors away from getting to the the 40, 50, 90 club, which is like the elite club that mm-hmm. guys like Steph Curry and LeBron have been on. And he's almost there. And this is coming from a guy who basically had a really awful year just a few years ago, post COVID, and and he's rounding out and. Sean, I know you've been some of his biggest, one of his biggest critics in terms of like not, <laughs> not seeing him make that leap to superstardom. But here he is. I think he truly 
I think that I'm not surprised that he's at the top of the list, but I'm also like a bit disappointed that that name didn't pop in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does it in a way where you, like you don't really notice it. it's not as flashy, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the reason is. Like you don't see him on like the big highlights. He doesn't always have the best performance of the night, but I mean, the guy just brings it every single night on both ends of the floor. And that's something you can't say about Luca, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just watched that just pathetic <laughs> Detroit Dallas yep. game tonight. And my God, like Bogdan, he made Bogdan, Bojan Bogdanovich look like an all-star. Like yeah. he, like I could see Bogdanovich hunting Luca <laughs> off of screens just to get him on him. And he just drained shot after shot against this guy and like just blow by him with scintillating speed that of course Boyan Bogdanovich is known for right just the speedster like it was it was pathetic man like Luca just does not try on defense at all I love the guy and he's a great player but man is he a negative asset on defense from what I've mm-hmm. seen but Tatum is far from that and Tatum brings it on both ends does all the little things and does everything that he needs to do to win the basketball game and he's been lighting up the stat sheet he's been lighting up the win column and man if they if they keep this up and they should and we're going to talk about them in a, in a section we have later in this podcast too like this this is looking like the Celtics title to win at this point yeah. is theirs to lose mm-hmm and it, maybe it's just they, they've been solid for so many years now that it almost feels boring to talk about them, but they have ranked their way up to, to be deserving of like a lot of time. Um, but Bojan is so interesting. This man <laughs> on resurgence, this guy himself has had a resurgence. He's averaging 20 points, 50% shooting, uh, 40% yeah. from the three. Like Oof. the Pistons are, they're not good. They lost Kate Cunningham, no. <laughs> but somehow Bojan is just lighting it up he's like the main he's the number one option yeah. on All offense the pistons for them. are bad like the <laughs> pistons are a bad team especially without Cade cunningham so he's the guy now but it's still ridiculous that he is the number like in that dallas game he was the number yeah. one option every time yeah. down the floor <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yeah he took over the game he did like in the third quarter he was going shot for shot with luca <laughs> i was like what the heck is happening right now like, yeah this is such a weird matchup and he yeah. was like not backing down from it at all I-, I love to see it man like this is a guy you think is just like well well past his prime and he's still putting up career numbers yeah 33 year old man bojan i mean utah <laughs> just basically threw him out to detroit yeah. thinking, thinking his career was probably on the verge of being over but but yeah, on the notes on Luca, just quick note, like yeah. Killian, Killian Hayes had a great game and mm. Luca did nothing to really slow him down nope. in that aspect. <laughs> he did nothing to fight the screens considering he's the bigger body and Killian Hayes just went around him and he had a, that's a good game for Killian. I mean, he's, he's, he's taking on the reins as a starting point guard on that team now. Yeah. You got to take advantage of your opportunities, man. He's going to have a big extended run here without K to prove himself. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to spend any more time talking about the Pistons. Yeah, that's, that's too much. That's a little more than we've ever talked about. The- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's dive in. Checking in at the at the quarter mark of the season. Uh, biggest surprise here. Biggest disappointment, and uh, and no surprise there. Things going according to what most folks thought would go. Let's start with biggest surprise, Sean. Um, uh, for me, I don't think there's anything controversial, but I'm still stunned that the Utah Jazz 
are where they are. Mm. They have the youngest That's head fair. coach in the league. <laughs> uh, they have Laurie Markin played all summer, uh, out of his mind, good in the Euro Basketball Tournament, and it's still he's still riding that wave in yeah. into this NBA season. Maybe it's not even fair enough to say he's riding the wave. He this is who he is. He is a solid player who may potentially make an All Star game. And the Utah mm. Jazz are still <laughs> in playoff picture, sitting at the seventh seed right now. Yeah, I mean, I think we can use a little bit of recency bias there and say that they're regressing back mm-hmm. to what they should be. Um, and they get mentioned in an unfortunate section of our podcast later on. But I, I am pleasantly surprised, too, at seeing what the Jazz have been able to put together. But through all of it, I'm also not surprised that they're they're starting to falter and that, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. they they were first in the West at one point and now they're seventh. And it's just I don't think it's going to get any better from this point. I think I think they're starting to kind of come into their true colors, so yeah. to speak. And but it, it, it's it's been a great story, but it was one that could only last so long. Yeah, exactly. I think anyone who watches the NBA knows that they're is a lot of games you play. So therefore the the schedule you start with determines how well you're going to get off out of the gates. Like the Utah jazz had a pretty easy schedule those mm-hmm. first two weeks playing yeah. against the Rockets. Uh, be, they played the Lakers a few times and the Lakers mm-hmm. at this point are not the Lakers of 2020, yeah. uh, the Pacers. So it was a soft schedule to begin with. And I think now they're starting to hit the road a bit more. And they're going to start playing some elite teams. Yeah, it is nice to see guys like Laurie Markinen, And now we're seeing Colin Sexton coming into his own now a little bit. And yeah, like these young guys, th- this could really accelerate a rebuild for them. Like maybe this is just one slightly off year for Utah and they can start to build something next year, even that's competitive. Um, yeah, we'll see what they do with the trade deadline. Still, I still think they'll be big movers of the trade deadline. Like, I think you'll still see Jordan Clarkson go, Mike Conley go. Um, but it's really good to see these guys thriving and and having fun out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Biggest disappointment. Uh, I put two teams here because I couldn't decide which one to call out, but <clears throat> I think I know which one. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. with the Chicago Bulls. Ah, uh, okay. And the reason I go with the Chicago Bulls is, yes, you have Lonzo Ball injured, but you just had that MVP candidate year from DeMar DeRozan. You come back and you give Zach Levine the five-year max contract. <laughs> you still have Alex Caruso. Uh, you got Patrick Williams got coming back. Vucevic. Vucevic. And the current team is sitting at 9-12. and 12, And Oof. all their bodies are healthy. There's... I, except for again, Lonzo. except for Lonzo, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's that's a good enough reason to be where the Chicago Bulls are now. And this fan base, I'm sure, has just been anxious to see this team succeed. This ownership group has sort of been punished over the last few years for bad hires, bad team culture, uh, and it seemed like they were finally hit making that making that swap. But the roster that they've put together looks like it should be decent. But for whatever reason, Zach Levine's having one of the worst years of his career, one of the worst years over the last five years of his career. And um, it's just not looking good for them right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, it's not as big of a disappointment as someone like the Miami Heat because we went into the season knowing Lonzo was hurt, knowing that he might not even come back this season. Mm-hmm. And he's a big part of what they do. And, 
I think there was a quote from DeMar DeRozan, something like he was not going to come to Chicago unless Lonzo was going to be there because he knew he needed a point guard that could do all the things that Lonzo does, you know, for his for this system to work as well as it could around him. Mm-hmm. And without Lonzo, it's really tough. Like Dasunmu is doing his best, but there's only so much that kid can do. I mean, he's just not that good. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's it's tough, but I'm not that surprised that they're struggling. I am more surprised that the Miami Heat are struggling because, mm-hmm. I mean, they've had a few ticky-tack injuries here and there, but for the most part, like, Jimmy Butler's been there, except for, like, the last few games. Kyle Lowry's been healthy. Bam Adebayo's been healthy. And Tyler Harrow has been putting up some crazy numbers for them. Like, his rebounding numbers are absurd. <laughs> and... You still got Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and Duncan Robinson, and it's it's not the same team as last year for some reason. You know, mm-hmm. they're not getting the same results as they did last year with the same guys. Yeah, they're off. This was a pretty pretty great offensive team with considering all the shooters and Jimmy Butler. Right now, they're twenty third in the league. Their defense is eleventh uh, out of thirty in the league, and the expected <laughs> the expected wins at this team had was uh was 50 wins um so for them mm. to be really off pace for that yeah so we got some angry miami fans right now yeah that's really bad i mean yeah i think honorable mention to golden state yeah i think being 500 i mean they're starting to turn it around but you just gave jordan pool that fat extension and either he's just comfortable now that he's got his big contract and he's not playing as hard or I don't know, or maybe he was fooling us, or maybe he's just wants to be a starter and doesn't want to be a bench player, but he just does not look like the same player he did last year. Like he's putting up some duds. Yeah, the Warriors are an interesting one. I st- the reason I didn't go with them is that I still feel like there's going to be a big run coming from them. They're still mm-hmm. 500, but yes, to land at 500 still. But yes, like the fact that you now have the most expensive roster for the next few years and you're <laughs> deep into repeater tax territory yeah. and this is all you were able to put together through the first yeah. uh, quarter of the year is disappointing. Jordan right. Poole. And, and Steph Curry is playing some of the best basketball of his career. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't missed a step and they're still 500. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. And I could spend another, we could spend time talking about Clay Thompson because he's been struggling yeah. too. But I think also a big disappointment is the the core of young pieces that you've collected over the last few years mm-hmm. are not materializing. James Wiseman yeah. just spent some time with the Santa Cruz Warriors. <laughs> Moses <Yep>. Moody <laughs> is not in the rotation. Jonathan Kaminga comes in and out. The fact you can't rely on these three guys is bad. Bad news because you can't trade them. Maybe you can get some some minor value for them at this point, but you also can't play them because you're losing games. <laughs> So right. the Warriors are in quite the predicament right now with their young core. Yeah, it's like you saw some flashes from Kaminga last year. You saw some flashes from Moody earlier this year, but they're never consistent. And the older veteran guys they have now, like Iguodal is just there to be like a financial advisor. Like mm-hmm. Jermichael Green, I, I'm not even sure why they're playing him, to be honest. He gets, he gets some rotation minutes for some reason. And yeah, I just... Yeah, they haven't figured out exactly what to do with the rotation yet with with some of these younger guys. So maybe they'll figure it out halfway through the season and it won't be a concern. But early on, it's it's been looking pretty rough. 
Yeah, maybe. I don't know if the Nets would be willing to do this since they've kind of turned it around. But early on, it seemed like maybe Kevin Durant could be their saving grace if the oh, Nets man. would even accept a Clay <laughs> plus Wiseman plus Moses Moody type of deal. Yeah, maybe not anymore. Maybe that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Durant looks really well, and Nets look like they're on a good path. Um, so. Uh, no surprises there. Kind of going according to expectations here is the Timberwolves struggling through the first quarter of the year. Uh, the Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns combo has been interesting. But although I think the surprising thing there for me is that it wasn't really uh, Carl Anthony Towns that struggled. It was more so Anthony Edwards really struggled when those two were on the floor. Rudy Gobert... Yeah. Kind of struggled to find his footing. Carl Anthony Towns was actually kind of decent. Yeah. Um, but the Not team like overall, dominant, though. Like, he was yep. good. But, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, like, this is elevating Cat's game. Mm-hmm. Nope. It didn't. It just sort of changed it a little bit, but nothing really for the, not for anything better. Um, so, I think we all kind of felt it was going to be a tough fit, but to see it actually come into fruition, it the t- Timberwolves have struggled. They're now at 500. And Carl Anthony Towns being injured may have helped op- well, may help this team find get some confidence from their to Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, but we'll see what's next for this team. Yeah, this is Anthony Edwards' time to shine, man. I mean, vault yourself back up into that All Star potential. You know, like he's gonna have all the opportunity now, and we know he has the talent. So gotta see that jump. Yeah, for sure. Any honorable mention there, Sean? For no surprises, <laughs> there's probably a few no surprises like uh, the Orlando Magic. I don't know. <laughs> They're yeah. as bad as we thought they would be. Yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, basically any of those tanking teams, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess like the Russell Westbrook change to the bench, they managed to do, the Lakers managed to do that. But that, that's kind of surprising, honestly. I'm impressed that they were able to pull that off. Yeah, I think the no surprise piece is that it hasn't really resulted in a huge, huge, oh, it's helped, know, huge swing of it's swing of wins. It's, it's helped. It's helped. helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad to say it's helped just because before they were at before was zero and zero and six or whatever they yeah. were at. <laughs> so it helped them finally get a few wins, but they're yeah, still yeah. well below five hundred right now. They are, but they're they're clawing their way back up. They got LeBron healthy now. I can see it turning around a bit. Yeah. Um, next point, all Horford signs for a two-year, $20 million extension, keeping him on the Celtics until he is 39 years old. This guy, this guy's kind of kind of crazy, man. They're, they're, he's got to be drug tested. Like, there's got to be some stuff going on here. Dude, he's shooting well from three this mm-hmm. year. Like, he's like an above 40% three-point shooter. He doesn't put up a huge volume of them, but... Like he's he's changed his game to adapt to his aging body, and it's it's impressive to see. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he wants to leave the league until Chris Paul and uh, um, hit, LeBron. Uh, LeBron, LeBron <laughs> <Yeah>. is out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for him, man. Keep, keeping that that double digit contract through thirty nine years old is that very few people get to do that. Yeah, and uh, checking in on the tank race at the quarter mark here. Right according to schedule, we got the Spurs, <laughs> Rockets, Magic, Pistons. Rockets, Magic were always there. Pistons, 
Mm, they won some games They're for a little pretty bit. Pretty much there. <laughs> yeah, the Spurs, the Spurs. Were, were hot for a, for <laughs> hot for a bit. Kelvin Johnson, Devin Basile, <laughs> they were scoring buckets. And uh, over the last two weeks, they've seen their shooting percentages drop, and and including dropping a big one, getting blown out by the Lakers a few weeks ago. All and, according uh, to plan. <laughs> yep, and that really started to really align them back to where they needed to be. So they're towards the bottom. Flying too far from the tank right here now is the Utah Jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really messed it up, man. Those 12 wins, like these other four teams that we mentioned, might not get to 12 wins this whole season. <laughs> so Utah's basically out of the running for having the highest odds to get the lottery. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they're they're going to end up being a low, like a high lottery pick at this rate. Like they're they're going to be like 10 through 15. Yeah, they got to really try hard. Uh, I'm trying to figure. <laughs> oh, so their preseason over and under was 23 wins. They're like halfway there. Yeah, they're yeah, they could get there with, by like 50 games. Like they could be yeah. like 23 and 27. I could definitely see that. But yeah, it's just mm -hmm. it's it's going to be slightly too good to to get one of those good spots that they're looking for. Yeah. And the uh, the other point is might as well join the race. Teams that don't know that they should be tanking, that maybe should be tanking. We got the Bulls <laughs> and the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets yeah. have not had LaMelo ball for most of this year. Man, did, you see, did you see how he re-injured his ankle? I did not. He's a, he stepped on a fan on the court oh. side and twisted his ankle on his, on his foot. Mm. They got to do something one. about those court sides because that happened and then a ref tripped over a fan who had his leg outstretched on the court side earlier this year too. Like they got to move back the court side seats or something. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it's always kind of crazy that the NBA allows that. I mean, no other sport I feel really allows people to be that no, close. No, I mean, the hockey does, but there's at least a glass wall there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it is pretty crazy. Like you can literally spill your beer on a player. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is kind of crazy. Like, I don't know how they've gotten away with it. Like it's how that's not been more of a, like more of a thing. Mm-hmm yeah well yeah well on the point of the hornets they're losing lamella ball uh miles bridges is obviously not not in the picture <laughs> gordon hayward is in and out of the lineup i don't know yeah i feel like this. <laughs> yeah this team feels like it's it's on its way to a real struggle of a season yeah um, yeah i think they should definitely accept that they're part of the tank race now because hey i mean if you can add you know a web and yama to lamello like that's yeah you gotta you gotta be considering that at this point like because you you gotta know your roster is not constructed to win yet yeah you could potentially have like two of the future top five players in the league at one point or two of the yeah, top 10 at definitely. least definitely the bulls is a tougher one though i don't know if they should join the tank race or not like where they're at as a team like as like their roster is constructed to win now not mm -hmm. collect rookie talent you know, like Vucevic, DeRozan, both above 30. Levine's in his late 20s. Like, it's just, I don't think it makes sense for them as much as it does for the Hornets. Yeah, and especially they're, they're in luxury tax territory. They've, they're committed to some of these guys for a few more years. Like, you got to just hang on and, and, and play it out. And they might, they might still owe one of their picks to uh, Orlando for the Vucevic deal. That's... 
true. They may still they may owe that pick. Yeah, so I um, don't think it I don't think it benefits them yet. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. gonna have to let those picks convey first, but how did you not put OKC in this? That is this, the weird part for me. I was about to bring them up. I completely forgot about placing OKC in one of these. But it's funny because they're places. not in the tank race. Mm-mm. They're, they've won too many games still. Like, not yep, as many as Utah, but yeah, 9 and 13. They have more than the Lakers. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, yeah, not, not looking like they're going to be in the running for one of those uh, top lottery odds this year. Yeah. And who, especially with Shea, I mean, yep. Shea has just been going crazy this year. Shea right now is playing like probably it's probably between him and Booker in terms of like the best guard and the best two guard in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, if we're and if we're talking about All Star game prospects, like I'd take Shea over Markinen right now. Mm-hmm. Like as for as good as Markinen's playing and their team has more wins, I still think Shea gets the nod. Yeah. Yeah, Shea, shout out to Shea. 30 points a game, 40% three-point shooting, 50% Crazy. From, from field, 90 91% free throw shooting. He's a 50-40-90 guy right now? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, like Because I, I, I didn't think he was that good of a three-point shooter. Neither did I. I mean, he, he only attempts three a game, so it's not quite hey, in the realm of yeah, like a lot of the other guards. When he but, makes them, they go in. Yeah, that's... That's impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, but he gets to the rim and he knocks down his free throws, which is kind of crazy because this was like the guy where I was like, okay, I don't know if this guy is deserving of his Mac contract, but he's got to play it. He's got to play to it now. Or, or like, and there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I was like, this. We're all we're all the league. We're gonna forget about him, but here he is. Yeah. He, he's done it. Um, yeah. The over and under for the OKC heading into this year was twenty three wins and. They're also, I mean, they're still quite I mean, away from it. Uh, they're but. at their rate right now. They'd get there within 50 something games. So yeah, pretty good mm-hmm. still. Yep. And, uh, what a team we could also add to this is the Pelicans potentially because no, what, because they have the Laker pick this year. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, so it's not the Pelicans tanking. no, it's the lakers the lakers have yeah that's yeah no they they're going to claw their their way up by any means necessary because they cannot let that happen (laughs) that there's too much pride on the line yeah this is a tough situation where the lakers are really at the bottom and the pelicans will get that pick and they're third in the west right now (laughs) yeah no they're (laughs) looking real good zion's looking like a monster finally back to a semblance of his former self mm-hmm. and yeah it's exciting and they're they're getting everything back i mean they've they've done the rebuild fully mm-hmm. yeah they have a solid they have a solid set of rotation players too with herbert jones obviously cj mccollins playing well yeah too. alvarado yeah he's a fun little player yeah what's the other kid's name murphy trey murphy oh, yeah trey murphy. murphy yeah he's breaking out too yeah he's having himself a heck of a year Man. Um, yeah Good pieces. Yeah. Big deal or forgetful. Talking about the Lakers. Ooh, this was a tough one to watch. The Pacers <laughs> uh, take sure. down the Lakers after the Lakers had, I think, a 17-point lead in the third quarter. Pacers- I think, yeah, it was like 104 to 80 or 101 to 84 at one mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And the Pacers clawed their. I mean, it was like Russell Westbrook was going on a run in that third quarter, and it looked like that was game. And then somehow the Pacers just came back uh and uh and took the win at the buzzer against the lakers 
heartbreaking loss there. Uh, seventeen point lead loss by the Lakers in the. Well, yeah, the what was that quarter. guy's name? Nemhard. Nemhard. Yep. Nemhard. <laughs> he looked like a child. He looked like he a, child a child out there. He is a child, dude. He's a rookie. Oh my god, he looked. He just. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these kids, though, because they're like so big, they and just like yeah. you know, phenomenal athletes. Right. Just, like not all of them look like kids out of school. Yeah. Like this guy had a baby face and he had like the ginger <laughs> hair. Like yeah. he looked like a child. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, who and is this he, guy? And just... he took down the Lakers, man. Unreal. Yeah. Which would have sucked because that would have extended the Lakers' win streak to three games, which would have been their largest. Yeah. But instead, they lose <laughs> at the buzzer. And, so and break. demoralizing. Yeah, exactly. But I think uh, there was a little drama going on between LeBron and a Pacer player, Sean. Was that what's going on? Uh, I don't remember when... Um... Ben Matherin got drafted and he said, LeBron's going to have to prove to me that he's better than me. Oh yeah. I remember, remember that. that? Now. Yep. That's and who so that this, was. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's been the Pacers uh, sixth man the whole year and he's been having a good season. And this was, you know, his opportunity to take it to LeBron. And in fact, they did. <laughs> so Matherin's got the one Oh lead on LeBron and, and head to head. Oh uh, which God. yeah i don't know i'm you know if you ask lebron i'm sure he doesn't give a crap but uh it is, it is pretty funny to track it like that you know the ja- the pacers could have also been a team we mentioned in terms of flying too far from the tank they're a team we i That's thought was going to be yeah if you want know, to talk biggest surprises yeah the pacers at 12 and 9 yep i didn't see that coming yeah tyrese halliburton is playing really well miles turner is also having himself a great year like I don't yeah. know why this guy was written off as like a a trade piece. Like, can, yeah, can we talk about how in in a world where literally every word is dissected and blown out of proportion, that Miles Turner can straight up come out and tell the <laughs> Lakers to trade for him, and it doesn't end up being this catastrophic thing within the organization, and he just keeps playing well for the Pacers, and they just keep winning. Like, isn't that like a miracle of sorts? Like, yeah. shouldn't that have like caused him to be canceled and like just the organization just dissolves because it thinks that the players are uncontrollable and like he just sits out games out of like spite or whatever. Like that's what I'd expect in today's NBA with like, you know, such open comments like that. But no, they're acting like grownups and actually just <laughs> taking care of business. It's you know, amazing. I think the reason the only reason that it's happening this way is because it's true. I, I got to <laughs> guess. It's because it's true. It's because there is a current standoff between the Pacers and the Lakers over whatever this deal is going to materialize yeah, and ultimately like, look like. You'd think Miles Turner wouldn't like hold that against the Pacers, like, get me out of here. I want to play for the Lakers and like sit out games or whatever, but he's still just playing good basketball for them. Oh, I see. You're saying it from the player's perspective. Like he's still or like from everyone's perspective, I think it's impressive. Like the media didn't blow it up to this <laughs> thing where like Miles Turner still hasn't been traded to the Lakers, even though he said he wanted to be there. So like what's happening? Like it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I think it's also the contrast of two media worlds where nobody cares about the Pacers. And then the <laughs> other one is people care so much about the Lakers that yeah. that was a headline for a day. And now we got a new headline the next day. Yeah, true, true. I, I, I'm here for it, though. I'm, I'm really here for it. Like, I think it's great that the Pacers have been able to find success despite all the trade rumors swirling around one of their better players. 
Yeah, I mean, Miles Turner is no scrub this year. Like 17 points, no. eight rebounds. Like he's shooting 52% from yeah. the field. He's even shooting 37% from the three point. Probably line. getting like, like two blocks a game too. Yeah, exactly. This is a decent, like I don't like, for some reason it was like projected as if like Miles Turner was like a slightly better middle of the pack player. Like the, he's yeah. actually really decent. No, he's a he's solid starter. Good. Yeah. He's having himself a heck of a year. And so with all that said is like Miles Turner, if you want to get traded, like maybe bring your averages down back to 12. <laughs> like you did last year. Yeah. Then the Lakers <laughs> can afford you. <laughs> yeah. Like this is going to, I'm not sure this deal is going to go through, but you know, we'll, we'll see. It seems like there's a current standoff. Yeah. Um, also, um, ironic. We're about to bring up the Kings too. shout out to Tyrese Halliburton being number 10 on B balls MVP predictor. That's, that's respectable. I mean, why not? Fourth, why in, not? fourth in the league. I think he has Dude. the best assist turnover ratio in the league right now, too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. I wish I knew more Tyrese Halliburton numbers off the top of my head, but I don't. At this yeah, moment. I don't know a ton, but <laughs> I know he's he's balling. He's putting up crazy assist numbers, low turnovers, just good basketball I got, overall. I gotta imagine he's uh he's one of the league leaders in assists, if not the league leader in assists. Um, ooh, that's a good one. Anyways, moving on from there, the next point here. Big deal of forgetful. The Kings beam. The Kings winning beam. Their light beam, <laughs> the beam that they team. light up. The beam <laughs> team. They're lighting it up every night, uh, especially over the last week because the team has won seven in a row. And the last time they won seven in a row was in 2004. Uh, Oof, and the Kings are wow. now sitting with a top three offense in the league, currently 11 and nine. Uh, Sabonis looks great. De'Aaron. Fox is having himself a hell of a year as well. I mean, he's he's probably well on his way to making his first All-Star game if he can keep this up yeah. for another for another month. Uh I mean, what what a turnaround for him. 24 points a game, 38% shooting from from 3, 52% shooting from the field, like six assists. Like he's he's playing like elite level, an elite level uh, point guard at this point. Like did we ever think he'd make that that jump to to that point? Uh, to be one of the top five point guards in this league, it, it, there was a lot of hesitation. There was hesitation, um, but I think the the argument was there. I mean, he was looking very good mm -hmm. his first two years. Like, you know, there was the Lonzo versus De'Aaron Fox comparison, and Fox looked way better. And his second year, he looked great. So, yeah, I'd say it was it it was expected that he'd eventually get here. Yeah. Um. So it's pretty awesome to to see him. Uh make make this jump so and big yeah uh, so I, I just wanted to say one more thing about the kings i owe a big apology to <laughs> kevin herder kevin herder <laughs> yep kevin herder man i thought that this transaction the kings made was just like one of those classic silly kings transactions where it's like oh yep they went out and got another nothing player and gave up something for him but i'm just i'm just stunned Honestly, like he is what like forty five percent from three so far this year, and starting and playing well, averaging sixteen points a game, playing good D. Like I, I owe Kevin Horder apology, man. Like he's he's actually given the Kings, you know, something to root for. Yeah, I, I think you kind of owe the whole Kings team an apology, Sean. Maybe or maybe not just yeah. Maybe you could save it to see where they land at the halfway point. Yeah, I'll, I'll but save that But you were not one. a believer that the Kings were going to be a playoff team. 
Was anyone a believer? Come on, I, let's I, be honest. I, I was. Any, no, you weren't. Yes, I was. I was Come like, on. I think, I think this is an eight seed. I think I was who like, are, I, who are you? Who did you put them ahead of? Like, who wasn't making the playoffs for the Kings to make I it? I don't remember the exact breakdown, like, but were I was you taking like, okay. the Blazers out or the oh, the Mavericks I was, I, or I think I was taking the Blazers. I was I was hesitant yeah. on the Blazers. If I oh, can, man. if I go back in in time, I would way rather bank. have the Blazers over the Kings. And the only reason the Blazers are bad because Dame's out right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, the Kings, I think, are a real deal. I think this is where no, they're going to be way. six, seven, eight. You're, I, I think I, this is where I, they're I, staying. They, I am going to hold my thoughts until halfway through the season, and then I will see you eat your words. Then, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, so Utah's holding seven. Easily, Warriors and Blazers can move up from there, and the Kings hold on to. Hold on to number six. And I think Dallas, Dallas just isn't going to be as good as we think they, they're gonna be. I don't think there's a there's a turning point for them. I think they're Jason be Kidd is a bad 500. coach. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just say that as, as a quick aside. He's a terrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lakers dodged a bullet there. <laughs> the Mavericks roster is just not that good. Like these it's guys, not, Dory Finley's Maxi Cleveland. They were like, better last year with the same roster. Mm-hmm. And they had a better coach, and that's all it took for them to be a Western Conference Finals team. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. They're, they're <laughs> they they kind of bother me a little bit. But <laughs> I want to bring it back to the Kings. Let's let's big okay. deal and forgetful. The Kings won seven in a row, number top three in offense. They got the the, the beam team. The beam big deal and forgetful. I'm going to go with big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big turning turnaround point for this city. Big turnaround point for Fox. Darren Fox's career. Uh, you know, the front office there, they're going to finally, keep, they're finally going to maybe keep some consistent faces there. Cause they're actually mm-hmm. doing a decent job. So <laughs> yeah, thumbs up to this team. Yeah. I, I am inclined to agree. I mean, when you win your best winning streak since 2004, like how is that not a big deal? You know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's huge. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, next point, Chicago Bulls. We've talked about them a bit, but they're under. They're still currently under five hundred. Big deal, forgetful for a team that's in luxury tax territory. Yeah, I mean it, it's a big deal for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of your hopes and and stuff lie on Lonzo Ball being healthy, and that's just not happening. Who knows what he'll look like when he comes back? And yeah, you, you invested a lot in these guys, and that was your window, and it's closing very quickly. Yeah, and the hype around Patrick Williams. I never understood oh, the hype terrible. around this guy. I, he was yeah. supposed to be Scotty Barnes before Scotty Barnes, and he is nothing, but he, he's closer to Isaac Okoro <laughs> than Scotty Barnes. Yeah, and Kobe White has yet to to take the floor. Oh, I mean, I thought point, that guy was going to be good after his rookie year. So disappointing. I just am not a huge fan of these score-first, undersized guards, yeah. but... You know, there was hype around him. I think at some I think maybe at this point it's a fair fair case to say that Cameron Johnson has had a more successful his former teammate has had a more oh, successful yeah. NBA career than Kobe White has to this yeah, point. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh so hot teams, this is where we're gonna dive into the Brooklyn Nets on a roll since letting go of their coach, <laughs> Steve Nash. Not ben surprising. Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons <laughs> looking a lot better. Uh, TJ Warren is coming back. Kevin Durant is is doing his thing, and uh, I guess Kyrie Irving is going to come back soon too. He's here. Oh, he's back. He's yeah. back. Mm-hmm. He's doing yep, his he thing. He came back. Yeah, he's he's there. Um, but yeah, eight and four with Jacques Vaughn 
at the reins as head coach, which, you know, who's surprised that Steve Nash was a terrible coach and he was like the one reason that they were awful, you mm-hmm. know, like, thank goodness they let go of him when they did, because now it actually gives them a chance to climb back up the standings and get a decent spot in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which they rightfully should be there. And yeah, since October ended and KD has just looked like such a better all around player. It just seemed like he was trying to do everything, score all by himself. Um, but in November, he's taken less shots per game. Uh, he's gone from 21 shots a game to 19, which has led to higher efficiency for him, actually going from 32% from three to start to see the season to 37%, much more respectable. And he's averaging two more assists and two more rebounds a game uh, in November versus October. So he's just, he's just being all around better basketball player with Jacques Vaughn there. And yeah, I mean, when you have your star player playing at such an insane level as that, there's, yeah, there's no way you can be bad. Even, even with all the drama and craziness going on in the organization. Yeah. You also get Seth Curry back. Maybe that's a been a been a big yeah Seth Curry point being well. back. Yeah. <laughs> you need those pieces. I mean, Joe Harris too. Like you got to get mm-hmm. him back in there. Um, TJ Warren, we'll see what he can provide, but this was a big one too. Ben Simmons, he had a six game stretch. I believe is starting in mid November where he scored double digit points every game before he got hurt again, which, you know, mm-hmm. this good with the bad, but he shot 41 of 50 from the field during that stretch, 41 of 50. That's over 80% from the field in that six game stretch. And he had multiple yeah. games where he was hundred percent from the field. <laughs> like where did that come from all out of nowhere it was like what <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm looking at the schedule here yeah he had to, he had that big game against uh memphis 11 for 13 8 11 for 8 for 13. against indiana this was on a tough road trip for for the brooklyn nets too and it's unfortunate that he went he went down now that they're having their I home know. stand yeah he's, he's just hitting his stride so hopefully it's not serious and you can get back quick but yeah it's it's all coming together for brooklyn so well, they'll they'll actually contend now, which is good to yeah. see. Well, that's the that's, those are the up and down swings of the NBA season. But the other team is the Denver Nuggets. You know, surprisingly, we haven't talked about them very much, considering that they were sort of they're sort of one of the teams that we all assumed would be really good coming out of the gates, or at the very least, they would hold hold themselves true until Jamal Murray gets back into it and Michael Porter Jr. gets back into it. And uh, they're they're hovering there. They're they're hovering, and now they're climbing, climbing the ladder again off the back of uh, Joe Kick, who somehow was in in actually got injured this year and actually missed some mm-hmm. games, despite the dude uh, yeah. seeming like a tank <laughs> most of the last two years. Right. Yeah. Thankfully, it wasn't serious. He's back now and continuing to ball out. But yeah, I think it just took him some uh, a little bit of an adjustment period getting Murray and Michael Porter back mm-hmm. in the lineup because I think Jokic <laughs> he was probably used to a full year of him just being the guy that ran it ran through all Jokic every mm-hmm. play he had the ball in his hands and now you have Murray back you know they split the load and I think that's a little bit of an adjustment and that's why they struggled a bit about out the gate but now they're back to second in the West out of nowhere. Um, yeah. So yeah, right back where they where we expected them to be. Yeah, third in offensive rating. Defense is pretty in the dumps. Twenty third out yeah. of thirty teams in the league. But the one thing about the Denver Nuggets that I think has been sort of interesting, maybe it's the contrast between a Steve Nash versus a Mike Malone, is that 
Mike Malone finds these random guys in his rotation <laughs> to just ball out when he needs yeah. him to. Bones Highland, uh, KCP, uh, who else? Uh, Bruce Aaron Brown, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is having a resurgence of a year. Uh, like he yeah, just I think Bruce Brown had a triple double the other night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like he just finds guys, or he I don't know what he does, or he puts them in positions to succeed and keep the team afloat despite you know missing a star here and missing two stars, or at some point missing all three Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and Jokic in some of those games. So mm-hmm. I think that's pretty. That's been really impressive to me about the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, they, they're going to be a contender, which I love watching them play. They're a really fun team to watch, especially because of Jokic. So, yeah, they'll be they'll be very fun come playoff time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, where are we at? Oh, Boston, Boston Celtics. Celtics. Five-game yep. streak. Nine had of the to, last had to put ten. them in there. <laughs> yeah, did you just add that as we started the podcast? talking about- <laughs> no, that, no, that was in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, commanding lead of the Eastern Conference and the whole NBA, which mm-hmm. we mentioned Jason Tatum on his way to potentially his first MVP if this keeps up. And and this team's only going to get better because Robert Williams III is coming back at the end of this month. And they'll, they, they can afford to bring him back as slow as he needs to get him ready for the playoff run. And yeah, they just, I mean, we, we talk so much about Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown has looked fantastic. He stepped his game up again this year. Marcus Smart's playing a good complimentary piece. And, and who's surprised that adding Malcolm Brogdon added such, such a, another great dynamic to this team? Like, such a good piece to add mm-hmm. that, you know, they did not have last year. Just another score, playmaker, just all-around good player. Just to add yeah. to that rotation. It's, yeah, it's looking real good for Boston. Yeah, you would think their weakest position would be the big man position, the power, the power forward of the center spot, but... Al Horford and his HGH <laughs> or something has kept them yeah. going. Uh, Holding it down. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, Grant Williams, too, was like the the sort of Cinderella piece during their playoff run. And he's still doing it during the regular season, shooting 44% from three, averaging almost five rebounds. Like the dude is there just hustling and doing yeah. everything this, this team needs. playing his role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Robert Williams coming back, that'll fill that big weak spot that they currently have. Uh so this team it, it's it's looking dangerous. It's looking like a very complete basketball team. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say they're the favorite to win the title right now. I agree. When you look up and down, it's scary that the big man is their weakest piece, but then they have Robert Williams coming back. But even mm-hmm. Al Horford is just holding their own. But they're just so strong on the wings that it almost doesn't yeah. matter. That they don't have a, they don't have a big man down low, right? Uh, they're just they'll just run you out of the gym and shoot you out, shoot you out as well. Yeah, and with Jason Tatum ascending to being a superstar, I think we can officially say that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they got all the pieces they need. Yeah, uh, just a shout out to them. They're currently the number one uh, offensive rated team in the league, so they are. Oh, they the took it from the Kings. Word. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, surprisingly, yeah, they're the number one team. Uh, so flip the coin a bit here, sinking teams. We talked about them a bit here, but the Utah Jazz losing five of their last six. Um, yeah, the schedule's getting a little tougher for them. So, but no surprise, no surprises there for the Jazz. Yeah. Also no surprises here for this next team, which we also mentioned in the tanking section, the San Antonio Spurs. 
on a on a cool nine game losing streak <laughs> right back to where they wanted to be oh man I mean, it's it's funny to say i think they actually are not that upset being at night i mean they, maybe the players are but certainly the staff is like oh thank god like <laughs> that five and two start we got off to didn't actually ruin our chances at web and yama mm-hmm um, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah I think the big one of the big reasons that they they just had a lot of overperforming players uh, that's you know just came out the gates hot, but that was unsustainable. And chief among them being your boy Keldon Johnson here, Alan. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I I really thought that Keldon Johnson was on his way to being a breakout candidate this year. I didn't I was I didn't think he was going to be a star like hold it for a number of years. Like this was going to be reflective of his new mm-hmm. NBA. Yeah. Uh, nor- normal normal career but i think i thought he was going to be that guy who has an explosive year and then after that sort of evens out and it looked like that was true coming out of the gates but the last <laughs> few weeks has been just awful he had a, he had an awful game against against the lakers of all teams who are not really known <laughs> for being defensive stoppers and shot like 20 something percent from the field one yeah, for 10, 11 10 for 28 in the game before that too yeah 10 for 28 it's Oof. it's just been bad and i don't i don't really understand it i don't watch the spurs games super closely but it <laughs> yeah. almost feels like something was done on the offensive end maybe positioning to put kellen johnson mm. in a worse spot so they can lose these mm. games so yeah offensive tactics designed to lose <laughs> yeah that that's my wow. inner conspiracy theorist but i don't know i've been watching these the spurs rotations or their other plays close yeah. enough to to understand what's changed because it feels like such a night and day difference between <laughs> between his game yeah, maybe they had Steve Nash come and help them out on offense. I don't know. Maybe Greg Popovich <laughs> called up the refs and said, no more foul calls for Kelvin no. <laughs> Johnson. Let him try to the rim and get whacked. Oh, and who gosh. cares? <laughs> yeah, averaged 45% from the field in October with 43% from three. Those numbers have dropped in November to 35% from the field and 32% from three. And you, you got to hope it normalizes a bit for Kelvin, like, Maybe he can get those back up to like forty percent shooting, thirty five percent from three, mm-hmm. but you know that's that's not gonna get them anywhere, and it won't get Kelvin Johnson a big contract. Yeah, the truth has to fall somewhere in the middle. Kelvin Johnson, come on, man, you can <laughs> You're not you can this improve bad. this. Yeah, He's you can't not this be this bad. bad. He really isn't. Oh yeah, I found the game. So the Lakers, he shot six for 23, 26 oh, no. percent from the field. That's pretty bad. That's pretty That's bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah, you know the Lakers weren't playing that hard a defense either. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that that was bad. That'll bring your percentages down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next team is uh, probably one of the the Cinderella stories the first two weeks, and a big surprise is the Blazers losing mm. two and eight over their last ten, including a a recent loss to the Lakers where the Lakers really opened it up against them. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Grant's been a big bright spot for them. Nurkic has been solid and free Simmons has been good, but uh, without Damian Leonard and their main firepower, like I think I said this about this team's going into the year. Like I like I like their starting five, but they just lack so much depth. Like they have Jeremy Grant out there for 38, 39 minutes. Yeah. Most of these games, it's just like crazy. Like they're going to lose gas and drop games without Damien. Yeah, they do lack depth, but at the same time, it's like when any team loses their best player, mm-hmm. it's going to have the impact. So if this was anyone but Damian Lillard being out for an extended period of time, I think that they would be in a little better position. Maybe they would have lost a few of these games still, but 
having Lillard out is hard. And so he's he's not supposed to be out much longer though, right? I don't I don't think so. I think a few just a few maybe a, a week or two weeks I think. Um Yeah. But yeah, Anfrey so, Simmons and, and Jeremy Grant are both averaging over 36 oh, they're, they're minutes per game. Yeah, they're yeah. Lighting, they, they, they're averaging like over 25 points a game or something crazy yep. during this stretch. So I mean, they're scoring, but yeah, they need Lillard to just you know be that rock of the team. Like they just don't have an identity without him. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this maybe this team maneuvers a trade at some point or is a big player in the buyout the buyout market because if they want to keep their uh i don't want to say playoff hopes but like maybe it is playoff hopes at this point yeah yeah we'll see how much longer damien is out or how or how the year continues to roll out for him because he's just been going down uh these last two years with like these ticky tacky injuries um yeah. they may need to make a move to try to figure out how they can get some depth on, on this roster maybe swing a trade for De- a dennis smith jr one of these one of these guys who's shown some flashes second tier guys <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that moves the needle for you though. Like you need a, you need an actual starter. Like Dennis Smith Jr is nice, but only as a backup. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess that he came to mind, but just a just another guard. They feel like they just need something else to to kind of back them up a little would bit. Would you say Jordan Clarkson? Question a mark. Jordan Clarkson, a Jordan Clarkson would be good. That would be very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who who they would give. I mean, does anybody want uh, what's his name, old man Justin Winslow? Is he on this <laughs> laser team? No, yeah, yeah, Justice Winslow's been putting up some kind of nice numbers, you know, <laughs> across the board, like shooting high percentage. Like he actually is doing pretty well, but <laughs> yeah, it's not translating to wins. Three. Ah, well, from three, yeah, but like he's he's getting <laughs> some rebounds, assists, playing defense. He, you know, he's not translating to wins, but he's playing pretty well on the stat board. Yeah, well, she- Sheldon Sharp has been pretty good. It's good that he's back. They have him back. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna take some time to be consistent, though. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, ugh, this this team just has no depth. Like, who are it's these just guys? Not that Keon, great. Yeah, Keon Johnson, Drew Eubanks, Greg Brown the <laughs> third. I'm Trendon Watford. <laughs> yeah. Who Who are these guys? Yeah, uh, they're nobodies. Yeah. Best performances of the week. Man, shout out to Devin Booker. We don't talk. Oof. The Suns is another team we really yeah. We sometimes there's, bring yeah, up. there's a lot of storylines, man. It's hard to get to them all. <laughs> yeah, Devin Booker, 31 minutes, 20 for 25 shooting, 51 points, and then Oof. just an absolute clobber over the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I mean, Devin Booker is just a scorer at heart, and I I can't I I mean at some point this guy's gonna get get into the 70s, I guess or make a run for Kobe's 81 points. I feel like at some point, like he's inching closer (laughs) and closer. He just has it in him on any given night. I mean, 20 of 25 shooting. And you know, this is Booker. Like is he's, this is not like a center who's just Mm -hmm. like getting dunks and, and post-ups like he's shooting all over the floor with these shots. And yeah, so impressive, man. Like the sun's first in first in the West again. And a lot of this without Chris Paul too. And Booker's Mm -hmm. just shouldering the load. He looks like a number one option, man. Like he's he's getting towards being one of the top players in the league. Yeah, like I said, I feel like at this point it's like maybe him, him and Shea right now going at each other for the top shooting guard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
bragging rights with bragging rights to be the top shooting guard in this league. Uh, another guy who surprisingly is just coming out of nowhere is Shake Milton here. The 76ers <laughs> keep having bodies <laughs> drop and they keep finding dudes who just step it up. It's a, a Shake Milton uh, going 29 points, uh, five rebounds, seven assists on 10 for 13 shooting in a win against, against the magic averaging 22 points as a starter since Tyrese Maxey went down. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this, I don't know. Great way for this guy yeah, to sort no of give himself right? a resurgence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, you'd never see it coming. But yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like guys get injured all the time. Sometimes they end up being Killian Hayes. Sometimes they end up being Shake Milton, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's no knock on Killian Hayes. He has an occasional good game. But yeah, Shake Milton's just been otherworldly with the opportunity. <laughs> like, it, it's actually insane. Like, he just steps in and acts like Maxi isn't even gone. You know, it, it's like he's just as good. Yeah, exactly. Especially stepping up for a team that's just kind of like has not been able to put it together. Tyrese Maxi goes out. Joel Embiid goes out. James Harden comes is still coming in and out of the lineup. Like it, this team needs um, consistency somehow to get things get things rolling for them. Yeah, they they have a winning record since uh, Harden went out. Actually, and a big part of it's because of Shake Milton, man. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if he ends up like it'll be interesting to see if he continues to get the opportunity maybe as a sixth man or something once Harden and Maxi come back because it seems like he's too good to pass up. Yeah, he might have played DeAnthony Melton out of the rotation, you think? Very possible. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I certainly would give Melton more minutes or oh, I'll give Milton more minutes over Melton at this Melton, point. Yeah. Milton yeah. versus Melton. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah no i think shake shake's got him beat right now man like he's he's played his way to a role for sure yeah for sure alfred sagoon is the next one here 21 points Oof. 19 rebounds seven assists 10 for 15 shooting three steals and two blocks and a win against okc this is this is when the best performances come out when it's a bad team versus another bad yep. team there is no structure to the game it's just one guy gets the yeah. ball everybody and dominates wants to lose. it yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is when you get these really random big performances. So, yeah, I mean, Sagoon's doing his thing, playing, playing his way into a bigger deal. Uh, he had yeah. an off year last year, despite some hype from the Rockets fans. Well, he just wasn't getting a lot of playing time because Christian Wood was the starting center. And now he's mm -hmm. finally getting that opportunity now that Wood is gone and they're free to just play these young guys and develop them. And Shingun, he's been putting up some pretty good numbers recently. And so he might, he might develop into a pretty good NBA player here right under our noses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Shingun. He's a, he's a solid, he's a solid center. Does yeah. his job and, uh, as well. Yeah. An honorable mention. We forgot to put this one in here, but I got to call out my guy. Evita Zubak. Reason, oh, yes. Because I forgot about this one. He put up that 31.29 rebound game. The other mm -hmm. night and holy crap like that's one of those things where you're like how where the heck did that come from man like that was just an otherworldly performance out of Zubak. he comes a long way from that interview i think it was magic johnson was it oh with stephen a smith that infamous interview where magic johnson quits and stephen a smith is just grilling him about his moves he made as a front office you know as a front office with the lakers and he was questioning the move to to trade Zubak for Mike Muscala, 
<laughs> Mike and, Muscola. <laughs> and it was like Magic Johnson came back, was like, well, what did Zubak average that year? But it's like, well, you know, that's that wasn't really the point. It's like you traded yeah. away a very cheap young asset for Mike Muscala. <laughs> and Mike Muscala. Yes, and now we see what Zubak has flourished into. I'm sure the we, the Lakers yeah. would have wanted a center like that right now. Oh, they'd kill for it right now, yeah. And obviously that's not the normal for Zubak, but <laughs> if he got that one extra rebound, though, he would have been the first 30-30 guy since Dwight Howard did it for the Hornets in 2018. Against the Hornets. Right? Oh, no, I thought oh. it, no, he was on the Hornets. Oh, that's right. There was a yeah. Dwight Howard year where he There was a Dwight Howard Hornets. Hornets year, yep. And he somehow put up a 30-30 that year. Man, and Zubak could have been the first one. He has one rebound off, but still mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, worst performances: Reggie Bullock zero points across <laughs> the board in fourteen minutes, over three, a negative fourteen plus and minus in a win versus the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Despite Reggie Bullock's terrible fourteen minutes, they still won. And that's not just zero points; that's zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, the plus or minus falling into negative toward territory despite your team winning is not something to be proud of. That's a rare yeah. occurrence, especially in if that you play over ten of minutes. Time too, fourteen minutes is it's not that much time. You're minus, mm-hmm. yeah, minus fourteen in those fourteen minutes, and your team wins by three. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. Yeah, Reggie Bullock, so- he he had a good year with the Knicks two years ago, and he's just done nothing for this Mavs team. Anything like he did for the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah, this Mavs roster, it's not good. It's not good. I don't understand the contracts that have been handed out the last few <laughs> they, years. They've on made their no side. sense. A bunch of <laughs> mid-level contracts for a bunch of average players. Yeah. Again, it's just like the blessing and the curse of having such a great player like Luca is he just elevates guys. So it makes you feel like these guys <laughs> around him are good, but they're not that they're good. They're not. They're not. <laughs> and and yeah. you know, that you could also make the argument that Luca overshadows so many guys that like he just doesn't play well with them because he mm-hmm. he demands so much of the ball right like a like a russell westbrook kind of status yeah exactly man that roster construction with luke is going to be quite the landmine oh, these next man. few years for <laughs> dallas yeah they can't get out of it mm-hmm. they have like all these guys on like three-year contracts yep uh scotty barnes 21 minutes four one and five one for seven shooting and three turnovers and a loss to the pelicans uh, Scotty Barnes says he's kind of cooled off this year a little bit. He he came out so hot last year, and he 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 the the Siakam resurgence, the OG Anobi resurgence, the Chris Boucher random <laughs> run. He has random good games, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seems like it slowed down uh, Scott Scotty a little bit here. Thirteen points a game, forty two percent shooting. His numbers are down yeah. from his rookie year. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it outside of just, you know, maybe Siakam just taking the reins over as the, the, the main playmaker and ball handler on the team. But yeah, you don't really like to see that out, out of a guy who is, you know, supposed to be like the future of your team and really make a big jump. And you, you can't forget that this is a guy that you refuse to give up to get Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. This was this was one of the big rumors. Like if they give up Scotty Barnes and maybe like OG and Gary Trent, they can get Kevin Durant. And, you know, that seems kind of silly at this point that you wouldn't do that. Uh, but we'll see if Scotty Barnes can turn it around and, and maybe, you know, make that seem like less of a foolish move by by halfway through the season. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it, how it falls for Scotty Barnes. But um, final thoughts to close the podcast. Uh, we're turning it around to the Chicago Bulls. We've talked about them quite mm. a bit. Oh, man, not again. <laughs> I, I, I just remember this headline so much when 2022 free agency hit. Is like, is Zach Levine a max player? Is mm. he a max player? Maybe. And the only reason it's a maybe is because at that time, that was a that wasn't really the strongest free agency class. Zach Levine definitely stood out as one of the stronger candidates. So final thought there, my point being is just because that you have the bet, you could potentially sign the best player available in free agency. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to give him the absolute best dollar figure. Five mm-hmm. years, max deal, $215 million for you know, Zach Levine, who is fresh off another uh, knee surgery. Having the worst career, the the worst year so far since 2017. Zach Levine's averaging 20 points a game, uh, shooting 40 percent from the field, 34 percent from three. It's not bad mm. numbers. It's not Zach Levine numbers though. It's not Zach Levine numbers, and it's definitely not max dollar numbers. So Ooh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one looks pretty bad. But yeah, that's that's the thing about the max contract these days, mm-hmm. man. Like you don't get them just for being a top twenty player. You get them because someone else would have given that to you because their roster is terrible and they right. don't have anyone else to spend it on. So you have to do it. Yeah. And then it just puts your team in such a such a landmine where now yeah. you have a guy who's pretty good, but he's not good great <laughs> to enough to get you you know get you into into the top five seeds of of your conference. And then because of the dollar amount, it's just impossible to move this player. Yeah. Well, let, let's do a little comparison to to send this note off here. So, would you rather have Zach Levine or Tobias Harris? That's a, yeah, that's an interesting one. I kind of want to, I still will lean to Zach Levine because of the younger age at this mm. point. Uh, but if we were doing at the same time, the deal was signed, I would take Tobias <laughs> Harris, better three point yeah. shooter, bigger, bigger also body. Got the max contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how about another guy that got a questionable max contract? Chris Middleton. Would you rather have Zach Levine or Chris Middleton? I'd take Chris Middleton. More I'd take consist- Chris Middleton. Yeah, yeah I'd take Chris <laughs> Middleton. Yeah, so once you start going through the list, and I remember that summer, it was like listening to, to different perspectives, and most folks were like, yes, yeah, Zach Levine is really good, but when you really start comparing him to other players, you'd probably take another player over him. So is he worth that deal at that point? Maybe not, but I again, it's just like the dynamics of the marketplace, just like... Mm-hmm favors some of the players so much that the teams just have to hand out these big deals yeah and uh, yeah and there's the other thing where he is 27 still mm-hmm. so that doesn't necessarily mean he we've seen the best of zach levine yet we could still see a zach levine that's worth this max money yep that is so, that is possible he's got a few more years to prove it to the league to himself to everybody Hey, I'm I'm legit. I'm worth this max money. So, we'll we'll give him some time, but yeah, we'll we'll have to look back on this contract four years from now and see if it was worth it. Yeah, and see if the Chicago Bulls what you know what sort of situations yeah, that puts like? them in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, don't forget to check us out week in and week out. Uh, we'll continue breaking down the NBA season for you. 
Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody.